Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Kathleen Kelly Janice to the show. Kathleen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Caroline. Oh, I'm really excited. You and I are going to have a juicy conversation about how the best nonprofits launch, scale up, and make a difference. And I want to welcome you to the show. But let's start right off the bat. I've got your gorgeous new book in my hand, Social Startup Success. And there may be some of our listeners who aren't familiar with the term social entrepreneurship. So get us started and tell us what that is, Kathleen. Absolutely. So social entrepreneurship is basically any organization that is using innovation to help shift paradigms that create injustices. So I like to talk about it as social entrepreneurs don't just give a man a fish. They don't even just teach a man to fish. They will not rest until the fishing industry has been revolutionized. And so if we look at the way that charity has operated for many, many years, it's really been often about um, handouts and and making sure that we're alleviating uh, suffering, which is important. But now social entrepreneurs are trying to shift the systems that are creating that suffering in the first place. So it's a really exciting time to be in the sector. It is an exciting time, and I will tell you, as someone who has one foot in higher education as part of my hybrid career, it's fascinating to see how many young students and young professionals are interested in social entrepreneurship. So it's really a pivotal time, and and your book is a tremendous resource. But I want to tell the listening audience, you've had an extraordinary career path from being a lawyer to teaching and now writing this book on social entrepreneurship. So what drove you on this beautiful journey? Well, I like to tell my students uh, that your career is not really this kind of path that we all, we all, I think, start out thinking that it's going to be a path. It's, I like to say it's a little bit more like a jungle gym where you're just kind of, you know, climbing to one side and you might go over a little bit and then you might kind of reach up and um, it's, it's much more winding than I think we expect when we start out. I always knew that I wanted to be involved in social justice causes. My parents raised me to believe that it is our duty to give back in the world. And I wasn't ever really sure what kind of form that would take. And I started out as a corporate lawyer and got involved in starting a nonprofit while I was practicing law because I wanted to give back to the community. And in that work realized that I wanted to do that work full time. and so. I went to Stanford to launch the International Human Rights Clinic and through that process also realized that nonprofits often struggle to get the resources that they need to survive and thrive. And so that was what led me to write Social Startup Success is I wanted to give nonprofits a a path to make a difference and to scale their organizations. And I wanted to give other people who wanted to support nonprofits, like young professionals that we were supporting through Spark, the nonprofit that I co-founded, the tools as well. 
So let's talk about Spark because it's it's not lost on me that you started, you co-founded this incredible nonprofit while you were billing a gazillion hours as a lawyer because we know the reality of the legal profession is minute by minute increments. So how did that begin? Yes, I do not miss those six minute increments. <laughs> that is not fun at all. Um, it, it started because I had a real problem myself, which is that I wanted to give back in the San Francisco where I was living at the time. And I would go to these bigger organizations and I would stretch myself as, as a young, you know, just out of college student with a lot of, with a lot of student loans to give, you know, $250 or something, which felt like a lot of money to me at the time. And it didn't feel like that contribution was being honored by the organizations. They were, they just, you know, would take, they would happily take my money, but they wouldn't really um, do much more than that. And what's interesting about the way that people think about charity today is it used to be about writing a check and moving on. And now, as, as I see, as, as you mentioned with your students, I see this in my students too, is that people want to get engaged. They want to roll their sleeves up. They want to be involved in the social causes that they care about. And they want to get their skills back, not just their money. And so we started Spark to engage millennials in new forms of philanthropy to support gender equality and to say that you're your obligation is to give back now. It's, philanthropy isn't something that happens when you're in your 60s and 70s and you know you, you have more time. And this is really running with the trend that we see today with millennials who do want to give back and, and don't necessarily see their careers as relegated, don't necessarily see their uh, giving back as relegated to after their nine to five job is over. You know, I love that you made the generational reference, and I, I truly appreciate, too, that you grew up in a family that was very passionate about social justice causes and giving back and making the world a better place. And I see this as a thread with our young professionals, and it, it's just um, so wonderful to see that, that people are interested in finding purpose and making a difference. However, I also see that some people are prevented from doing this because they're they're fearful or they don't know how to find their purpose. Can you speak to that? Well, I think that every young person has an opportunity now coming out of college to be involved in social causes, whether it's as a Board of, on the board of directors of an organization, whether it's on uh, as an advocate, whether it's as a donor, more and more companies are getting involved in social causes. It turns out that 86% of young people actually choose companies to work for based on what kind of social cause they promote. And so companies are realizing that they have to they have to provide their employees with opportunities to give back even within the workplace. So what's exciting is that now more than ever, there are so many opportunities to give back. And so my advice to people would be to just dive in, <laughs> that try things out and see what fits and, um, and try out different causes and, and see what resonates and what keeps you up at night. Because for some people that might be homelessness, for other people it might be education. Um, and you're really going to be most effective as an advocate, as a donor, when you really care. And so 
I think that's the most important way to approach it. Well said. Now, I know that you've done a ton of research for the book, uh, researching successful social startups. So what were the points that really stuck out the most to you in terms of how to create a social startup that were sustainable? Because your tagline is launching, scaling up, and making a difference. So what stuck out to you? Well, what stuck out to me and one of the reasons why I wrote this book is because organizations in this country are struggling. In fact, I learned through the research for this book that of the 300,000 nonprofits in the United States, two-thirds of them are $500,000 and below in revenue. Now, many of these organizations can do really important social change work with a small budget, and there's always going to be a place for the mom-and-pop style nonprofit in a, in a community. Um, but many of these organizations have really, really great ideas for how the world can be a better place. And they have models that are showing that they're impactful, and yet they don't have the tools that they need to grow. Access to capital was the number one challenge that organizations I interviewed uh, found. And in, in fact, 81% of the organizations that I interviewed said that they had challenges accessing the capital that they needed to scale. And so the strategies that I talk about in the book, testing, measuring impact, funding experimentation, collective leadership, and storytelling are all strategies that the best organizations use to position themselves to access that capital that they needed to scale. I imagine you met some incredibly inspiring leaders along the journey researching this book. Tell me about one or two of them. And, and also, I'd love to know their age range, because my perception is that startups are getting younger and younger, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question because uh, you know on the one hand, when students ask me what we should do to to be involved and to 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 start an organization, I always say don't start an organization, go work for one first, right? I mean, it's it's you know the, what the world needs is not more organizations; <laughs> it needs ready ready soldiers ready to to fight the fight. Um, but the reality is, at the same time the the kind of work that it requires to start a nonprofit organization and the gumption and in a way the naivete <laughs> is, is is a young person's game and so i do think that there's always going to be a place for young people to start social enterprises and i think that that's important at the same time what i realized in researching this book is that so many of the organization founders started these organizations when they were right out of college and that meant that things like they had never been hired before, let alone hired someone themselves. And so a lot of these organizations face the same challenges over and over again. And so the strategies that I talk about in Social Startup Success kind of highlight some of these, these challenges and some solutions and hopefully so that people can avoid reinventing the wheel every single time. In terms of inspiring stories, I'll tell you one that I, that I love, um, which is Rob Gittin was a student at Stanford, actually, who had no intention of starting a nonprofit organization, but he liked to sleep past 12, and so he rolled into this class one day just because it met, it met at 2 p.m., 
And it was called Homelessness in America. And that, that, that class changed his life. He started volunteering with homeless kids in San Jose and he fell in love with these kids and, and their stories. And he realized that he could make a huge impact in their lives by starting an outreach program in San Francisco. And by really targeting these kids who had been failed at every point in the system, whether it was by the foster care system or by the criminal justice, juvenile justice system, he realized that if he worked with these kids and he gave them the time that they needed to build that trust, that he could reach them and change their lives and change the underlying systems that made them homeless in the first place. And so these are the kinds of stories of the new kind of nonprofit that inspire me, that it's not just about providing a homeless person a bed. It's about thinking, what can we do to change this person's life so they're not, they're not homeless, not only tomorrow, but the next day, the next day, the next month, the next year, and to set them on a longer term path towards success. So Kathleen, what's the, what's the best audience for this book? Is it people who are interested in, in creating a social startup, who want to work for one? Tell me who would benefit from this book. Anyone who wants to make a difference can benefit from this book. As I said, we all want to roll up our sleeves nowadays and get involved in social causes. It's not just about writing a check and moving on. But that means we all have the responsibility to understand how nonprofits run and how they can be better. So whether you're a board member, whether you're a donor, whether you're an advocate, you can benefit from understanding best practices in the nonprofit sector so that you too can be a better advocate for the cause that you care about. So I love how you mentioned board member, volunteer, advocate. So I'm hearing that there are hybrid opportunities for the folks that want to keep that day job, perhaps in the business world, but they also want to feed the passion of giving back to a social cause. How might a new professional who's never had that kind of experience get their feet wet? Everyone can start somewhere. Everyone has to start somewhere. Um, and so really starting by researching the organizations in your area and seeing what causes speak to you is a great start. And then reach out and see if there are volunteer opportunities. Um, if you want to get involved in, in a nonprofit, nonprofits are always looking for volunteer uh, volunteers to help them support their work. And um, what the evidence is showing is that these days people really want to use their skills to uh, to help give back and so maybe you're in marketing and you want to help an organization improve their marketing that might be a great place to start or maybe you are uh, in accounting and want to help an organization improve their finances so look at what your skills and what you have to offer and harness those to help organizations be better. And are you seeing a direct correlation with how people interact with social startups or just social organizations in general about how they quantify meaning and fulfillment in their lives? Well, like I said, what's so exciting is that because we have so much more flexibility to give back, that giving back isn't necessarily relegated to after 5 p.m., um, people are able to find more fulfillment. They're able to give back in, um, in deeper ways that do harness what they do in their day job. Um, a lot of companies, for example, Salesforce allows their employees 1% of their time to give back. And yes, 
people absolutely feel much more fulfilled when they're giving back the skills that they feel proudest about. Um, and it also, as, as the evidence shows, gives millennials uh, an opportunity to increase their skills and make it a resume builder. Um, so I know a lot of people who have been involved in Spark who have put that on their resume and it's helped them get a job. So that also helps them find meaning from a very practical perspective. Beautifully put. So what's the one key takeaway that you hope people will get from reading Social Startup Success? My hope is that everyone can come away from reading this book inspired that they have a place in the movement for social change, that we all have the capacity to make the world a better place, no matter who we are, no matter what we're doing, um, no matter where we live, we all have communities that can be better. And um, it's exciting that we can all roll up our sleeves and, and do that work. Kathleen Kelly Janice, you are an inspiration, and I want to thank you for joining me today on Your Working Life. What a pleasure to get to know you, and I wish you continued success. Thanks, Caroline. Hey, I want to remind everybody this extraordinary book is called Social Startup Success How the Best Nonprofits Launch, Scale Up, and Make a Difference. And it is available widely, certainly at Amazon and all major book retailers. I highly recommend it. I've got it in my hands. It is not only a gorgeous book, but incredibly inspiring and well written. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review and let me know what career development questions you have so we can address them on a future show. You can reach me at Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins or send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. And I want to give a special shout out to my extraordinary colleagues on Your Working Life, Laura Deck, who serves as our Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, our Executive Producer, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Thank you for all your expert work, ladies, and making the show valuable to our audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.